might have to now. Oh, <laughs> literally. <laughs> We've been waiting to make this phone call. Originally, the phone call was going to be happening at quarter to three. We got there at 20 to three, all prepped at 43 minutes past three. Booth Bigrafo messaged and said, my wife's on the phone, would you mind making it three o'clock? So we sat here for 15 minutes. We've been together, Ellie and I, in lockdown now for about eight weeks. We haven't got anything to talk about. We just sat in silence in the main. Finally, the moment comes where I press record, three o'clock, as soon as that happens, as soon as I press record, she's, oh, bloody hell, I need a so she's gone to the toilet. When she comes back, we shall call the amazing comedian and musician, songwriter, Boothby Graffo. I'm just going to read a little bit from his Wikipedia page while we're waiting. Boothby Graffo is an English stand-up comedian, musician and singer-songwriter. He is particularly well known for his surreal sense of humour and his work with the Bare Naked Ladies. That's the Canadian band. Graffo often incorporates guitar playing into his stage act through his oddball... I mean, I have, and I have seen his oddball, and I don't know if he's had the operation yet. We can maybe talk to him about that on the phone. Oh, sorry, I know I have, there was the end of the line, I haven't read the rest of it. Through his oddball and slightly twisted songs. In 2007, he announced that he was retiring from stand-up, and instead concentrated his efforts writing for Omid Jalili, and is now firmly back on the stand-up scene. I'm friends with Boothby because I was on the same bill as him at a stand-up gig a couple of years ago. He was the headline, I was one of the opening acts, and... Fortunately, he seemingly took quite a liking to what I was doing. We got chatting. He actually drove me from the gig in Otley to the bus station in Leeds. I was getting a megabus down to Luton because I was doing a school the next day. If I was more sensible, I wouldn't have done that gig because the gig was in Otley in Yorkshire. Then I was doing some school stuff in Luton. We started at nine o'clock the following morning and I got a megabus from Leeds down to London, London to Luton on the train. So I didn't get any sleep whatsoever that night. But I'm very glad that I wasn't sensible and I did the gig because that's where I met Boothby and since then he's had me doing support for him a number of times. Graffo has won several awards including the 2002 Adelaide Fringe Award for Excellence and Time Out's Comedy Award and he was nominated for the prestigious Perrier Award at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and he's done numerous things on BBC Radio 4. He's had his own multiple series and we might talk to him about some of that but to be honest I'm more interested in getting his thoughts on Gina G, yodelling, that kind of thing. The hot topics that we cover on the podcast Right. Oh, actually, I need a poo now. <laughs> Hello, Sex with Animals Hotline. Nice, nice of you to call again, Mr. Eagle. How can we help you this time? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. How are you? Yeah, great. Yeah, how are you, more importantly? I'm very well. Um, this is quite a strange uh, situation, obviously, that we uh, find ourselves in. I've gone from being meant to be in two places at once, more or less, every single day, to uh, having to be nowhere anytime. It's fabulous, isn't it? <laughs> I'm finding it quite meditative, actually. Uh, you know, it's quite peaceful. It's uh, I am sort of missing the gigs. I mean, the irony for you is you sort of went into a retirement for a few years, didn't do any gigs. As soon as you come back on the scene, you know, well, you decide to come down. on the scene, the world shuts down. Uh, yeah. It could have been timed better for you, really, but I mean... What, what a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it, actually. I mean, I've reached a certain age now. I'm, I'm older, so the travel doesn't have the same allure. It becomes like, oh, God, what, 150-mile drive to wherever, and they'd have to stay overnight in a hotel. It used to be something I looked forward to, but now yeah. I much prefer the idea that I've got a gig. I have one or two gigs. They're all online, so my commute 
is from the kitchen to the shed. I can see the appeal in terms of not having to travel. I've not done any online gigs. I'm doing a one on Friday. It feels like an odd thing because, I mean, the ones that you have done, have you had an audience that you can hear laughing or has it just been to silence? I'm not talking I about used... your live gigs. I'm talking yeah, about your no, recorded ones. Say, the ones that I used to do were, were, <laughs> were silent. But you no, would I... play to Buddhist monks. Uh, yes, Trappists. Yeah. <laughs> All right, trappers, French blokes. You thought they were going to be. You thought they were going to be Yorkshire rappers, but uh, anyway, yeah. terrible. I, should, I mean, <laughs> for that job to have worked, I should have said Yorkshire hip hop artists. Even then, it wouldn't have really worked, Boothby. But we're all out of, you know, we're all out of office here. It anyway. works for me on every level. <laughs> I have actually asked a couple of the gigs that I've done. They have like that. They put open the front row. Right. So at one gig, there was about, uh, I don't know, about 70 people, I think. They opened the front row of about 10 people. They opened up there. They didn't mute their microphones. The idea of that was to give uh, a feeling. You could hear people laughing, although you could also hear people eating crisps. <laughs> yeah. you, could, you could hear people saying, oh, this is rubbish. I'm going to make a cup of tea. <laughs> and mind you, that was my wife. And and you could hear you could, and, and I actually asked. I've actually asked uh, a couple of times now for them to turn off all the microphones. But people are loath to do that. I don't know. I, I would prefer to work as I normally do to silence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the worst thing would be if they could mute your microphone. I mean, that would be the ultimate heckle. <laughs> I would imagine the laughter, if people are laughing, and I've seen, you know, occasionally happens with you, with me, if people are laughing, there will be buffering, presumably. So the laughter, there'll be a delay. So you'll say something, and then you might pause for the laugh. The laugh doesn't come. You'll start again, and then all of a sudden the laugh does come. And that must get quite worrying as a performer, because you've, you've been performing for years, so you learn when people are likely to laugh. But you've probably got to learn now to pause that extra bit longer. So you think, I'll just pause a little bit longer. And then you're going, oh, the internet's really bad today. The, the, the delay is really... And then you realise just people aren't laughing. Yes, what, what, I, what I do now on, on online gigs, because I can't get them to turn the audience off I, I just turn off my sound right. <laughs> and occasionally I'll, I'll nod and smile if I think someone might have said something and hopefully get lucky yeah. <laughs> but I was, I was going to say I, I actually did I tried um, Hartley Pool the other night yeah with an audience and I attempted audience participation and what you were just saying came to the fore was quite markedly underlined. So those uh, people who tried... aren't aware, this is one of Boothby's songs. I mean, I'm sure many people are aware, but when he says he tried Hartlepool, it's yeah. kind of, he didn't think, I've got to break lockdown, I can't resist it anymore, I must <laughs> I, go to Hartlepool. I need to go to the I home of David Eagle. To, yeah, so I liked Hartlepool, I spent some time there, I quite liked it. But you've moved out by then, haven't you? I had, yeah. yeah. No, I, <laughs> as soon as you realised it was safe to do so, you visited Hartlepool yeah, when I'd moved. For, for the very few that don't know of my work, for Steve, I think it is still the last yeah, one. Yeah, what is he doing? Um, it's an obvious call and response song, so the audience get to sing the chorus. And um, yes, doing that on an internet connection where it buffers and breaks, and that was, it was very funny. <laughs> it was, it, I mean, it wasn't, but it was just a complete disaster. It was like a, a weird horror film where the ghosts can't quite get through properly. <laughs> so I, it was like, it was... Partly, Paul. No, it never came that early. never came that early. <laughs> All right, there, okay. there would be this, this crashingly long pause. I'll, I'll just when you Just I'll... when you thought it, 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 nothing was happening, you start the next line, then someone would say, Partly, Paul. Yeah. And then you heard someone go, what? What am I supposed to be singing? <laughs> and, then, and then in the background was a friend of mine, Martin Soane, who kept saying, it's not working. It's not working. <laughs> I'm, on the, I'm on the podcast. Yeah, talk to my wife. Say hello, darling. Oh, Say hello. hello. Come here. Hello. Say hello. 
Hello. Come on, she's running. She's running. She's literally he running. He made me do it. I've never seen her move that fast. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. What I love about it, Bidby, is you called it the podcast, which I like to think is how you refer to it all the time. There are so many podcasts, but you just refer to this as the podcast. It's the podcast. It's the only one I've ever, ever um, appeared on. Oh. Ah. I don't know whether I should, if we should announce this, but this was a rather interesting departure because normally uh, a guest is invited onto a podcast, whereas you... <laughs> You messaged me and said, "Do you do you want a guest on your podcast?" And I thought, I, I did not. I actually said, "What I actually wrote, you know, was was do you have guests on your podcast?" Yeah, I'm very old. A podcast to me just makes me think of wailing. <laughs> I had to really uh, the audience uh, is often wailing or my scrimshaw to find uh, what it is you actually are doing. So what I want to know is a lot of the reasons people would ask is because they've got something to plug. So my question, Bigby, is. What's he plugging? Oh, abs- absolutely nothing. Nothing to sell. I've got, oh, actually, no, wait a minute. Yes, I have. Oh. <laughs> this is why, this is why I was taken off the tills at Sainsbury's. <laughs> <laughs> that and you kept but, making them say, come on, Hartley, boom. No, what am I doing here? Yes, <laughs> it's not working. Talking of Scrimshaw, I've got something that's dead in the water. <laughs> I've got um, a video on um, YouTube. Of, of the King's Head, a show at the King's Head last year. Yeah. A live show, and it's on a pay-as-you-like, you know, so you watch it, and then there's a link to a, a GoFundMe page where you can pay whatever you like for your ticket price. Yeah, just put Boothby Graffo King's Head into YouTube. That <laughs> gig for me is a bit of a sort of a thorn in the side, because yeah. that was the gig that you asked me to do the support for that I couldn't do. Yes, I was correct, yes. <laughs> so, so, We managed to replace you as a support. Who did you get? We managed, uh, Rich Hall. Oh, well, that's right, because I was followed by Rich Hall on Twitter just uh, last week. Yes, he's just started. He doesn't doesn't really like it, he said. (laughs) I talked to him the other day. I don't understand what the hell. (laughs) I don't know. What? Just kind of joke. People. Yeah, he's followed me uh, on Twitter. And so. he added you on Facebook. Exactly. Oh, you're on Facebook as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're now, and we've, we're on Instagram now as well. Which do, is... you know, do you know, I, I went on Instagram and then I didn't have a smartphone, so I realised I couldn't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. it does make it very and difficult. Then I got a smartphone and I still can't work out how to use it. <laughs> which is a shame because there could be something in Boothby Photographer as an oh. Instagram account. Oh. Quick, I'm going to set that up now. It's, yeah, we're going to set up a, a parody account for Boothie Graffle. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's I just going to be hash, hashtag it's not working. That's going to be... <laughs> it is working. <laughs> so how did it... So people type in Boothie Graffle. What's the best way of getting it, Boothby? Um, well, yes. Um, it, you would just go onto YouTube and type in uh, Boothby Graffle, I suppose. And yeah. I think it's the first one that comes up. Look, I'll do it now. I'm looking forward to this gig on Friday. My slight fear, uh, Boothby, if I was doing stand-up in front of an audience, you'd get the instant feedback of what's working and what isn't. The fact that I haven't done stand-up, because I was just getting the hang of stand-up, as soon as I start getting the hang of it, I can't do it anymore. Now people are asking me to do it online, which is a completely different experience. It's essentially like exactly what it's like before I started doing stand-up, which is just me talking to myself in my bedroom. And uh, yes, well, that, I think, I think it's, it's a new discipline that a lot of people, are, some are, are learning quicker than others. I, what I find out online is, is people are a lot more forgiving. They're a lot well, more forgiving of, um, well, crashing musical mistakes, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> you just say it's the buffering. You're like, oh, I hope that worked. That was a brilliant solo from me there. I hope the internet held out for it. <laughs> there wasn't yeah. a glitch I, or anything. I was knocking out. I can't remember. I kept Oh, yeah, saying, my goodness. Did the pay extra for that? <laughs> I, I got a thing. I can't remember who I nicked it off, but I kept saying, I hope this reaches you in, in the same way that it leaves me. 
<laughs> I think I got that from a, I got that from an artificial insemination clinic. <laughs> well, I've just found myself on YouTube. Just put in Boothby Graffo King's head, and and the first thing that comes up is the video. It's right. an hour and God M- knows how long. Make sure to put Kings in because if you put Boothby Graffo head, you get something very different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Although, no, no, don't. That's the, the mistake one, we just made. Hang on, that's a short version. Where's the blooming? <laughs> well, this is great. Well, I, I, <laughs> look, I'm looking for myself. You've really. Alone. If we put a bit of music over the top of this, it'd be like a, it'd be like a perfect advert, Boothby. Yeah, I, I just, I just can't. I, I can't. Um, it'll like jazz over the top. It's simple. It's, Boothby it's Graffo. Just, I just remembered. I have a YouTube channel, so you just go ah. on YouTube and go to my channel. <laughs> Excellent news. And it's, it's the main video on the channel. Ah. Hour and sixteen minutes long. Well, Ooh. almost as long as your adverts to advertise the fact that you've got the show. So, <laughs> yes, not bad, eh? Exactly. <laughs> not bad. Nothing if not uh, value for money. Um, so just... nice to hear your voice again, and you too, Ellie. I'm, oh. I'm so glad you're well. Yeah, I think did that, we... sound, did that sound sincere. I'm working it did. on that sounding was sincere. So convincing. I have a plug-in on my um, audio software that can add extra sincerity if needed. So. <laughs> The sincerity. <laughs> That's only a matter of time before you get that. You know. Yeah, you just you just stick your dick in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel quite like you were saying. I don't feel maybe as, as stressed out as I otherwise would. I think if I was ill and therefore all these gigs had to be cancelled, I'd feel absolutely terrible about this and I'd feel really concerned. I think because everyone's in this situation, you can't get too, I find I can't get too worked up about it. It's beyond my control. You've got no choice. Well, you have got a choice in the matter. You could actually say, no, sod it, I'm going out and I'm doing live gigs. But there wouldn't, there wouldn't be anybody there, would there? Not unless you went on a London bus, seemingly. No. Well, Jesus, you see, this is what I mean. I, I don't think the message could, could be more confusing if it was you reading it out. I don't know, you dare. You should, be, should get you. Be, you reading it out took you 40 minutes to advertise your bloody... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, st- I still didn't get it across. Mind uh, you, I am, I am labouring on the ear that people are listening to this. They've got no idea who I am, what I do. And and there I am telling them where they can find out more. They've only they, barely realised who I am. This is Eddie the Eagle, the ex-ski jumper. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're on the Eddie Eagle podcast. See, this yeah, is... great. How, how, how are you doing now? <laughs> ski jumping still, surely. This is why when we get married, I can't be eagle. I didn't know you were getting married to Boozy. Shut up, David. Ah. Hey, what? Because... <laughs> Because then I'll be Ellie Eagle, and I that can't have that. Ellie, yeah. Well, also, you'll be, if you put your full name on, because yeah. you're Ellie Skinner, it'll yeah. be Eagle Skinner. Yeah, so I'm going to. Which does sound that. like a tribal warrior, doesn't it? Yeah, and if you had children, they'd be little eaglets, wouldn't they? Yeah. Is it eaglets or eaglets? Eaglets, I think. And they'd be immediately endangered. Yeah. Yeah, they certainly would. Put them under a protection order or something. Yeah, well, I think we should have done the protection thing a long time before that, but yeah. My next uh, actual gig gig, you've got one on Friday, have you? I've got one on Friday. What are you doing on Friday? Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's a big one, to be honest. Uh, is that a guy called Steve some, running Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what it is. I'm like you now. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be somewhere on the internet uh, with me. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you search for it? So it's like you. Just search for Boothby Graff or King's Head and it'll be the first one that comes up, my gig. It, Excellent. It really didn't. Yeah, the first thing that came up was an advert for some sort of erectile dysfunction. I don't know why that would come up. <laughs> on my you know these are uh, based on your own search histories. <laughs> I, I, well, I keep wiping it out. My goodness. Well, it is one of the That's remedies. The yeah. <laughs> it's coming back. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm on a Thursday. I've got one uh, tomorrow and then I've got one on Friday, I think, with Andrew O'Neill. 
Oh, wonderful. And then I've got another one on the 23rd of May, which is for the Art House Cafe in Southampton. And that's um, an hour-long show, just me. This is the third one I did. I did one on the 1st of May, and we did one on the 10th of May, and now I've got one on the 23rd of May. Are you doing different hours each time? Uh, of course, yes. Yeah, completely different. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, this yes is I am, actually. I am, the... actually. Well, it'll take you half an hour to do the monkey song, the Hartley Bull song. Uh, and and, and 20, 25 minutes to uh, find out my, where my YouTube thing is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's your set. Perfect. I actually did uh, the second one, the first one, I did a, a lot of the songs that I know, and the second one, my wife said to me, why don't you sing some of the songs that you don't ever sing? You've got all these songs and you sing the same ones over and over and over again. You have done for years. Why don't you write some more or sing some of the ones that you don't normally sing? So I, I decided to do that. So I spent, I think it was the third day of me in the shed practicing all these songs that I haven't sung live before. And my wife came in the shed and just said, um, why don't you just do the ones you know? <laughs> Are you finding it odd to talk about? Because obviously a lot of your songs and a lot of your stories are about things pre-COVID. So are you finding it odd? You can't just suddenly go, well, I was on the bus the other day. Thanks for listening when you work with me because I don't think I've ever started any routine <laughs> when I was on the bus. It's always a funny thing happened to me uh, on the way here. <laughs> yeah. you know, which you can't say, can you? A funny thing happened to me on the way here. What, to me, a shed? Because yeah. Yeah. I, I remember watching a very high-profile comic once and he got absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, thank you. With thank a you. massive, <laughs> not you, you And, um, <laughs> And, and he, uh, he had a whole routine about flying and about how terrible it was in economy. And the audience absolutely adored it. And he, you know, stormed it, thousands of people. But I remember saying to him afterwards, which was a mistake, I said to him afterwards, I said, why, why are you still flying economy? You've got millions. <laughs> but people went for it. And I, I couldn't, I could never quite understand how people weren't actually just sitting in the audience going, he's never flown economy. I've flown economy for <laughs> yeah. years. And he said, what is it about the bloody council housing system around here? Exactly, uh, yes. You know what it's like when you, when you, when you, well, I was going to say when your dolls lay. I was going to say, yeah, when you're queuing up for the doll. And yeah. yeah. Observational comedy. It's a shame they've closed Netto, isn't it, everyone? Uh, what can I do? <laughs> I, I miss Netto. They have closed it, haven't they? They've yeah. closed it. Sorry to, yeah, yeah. I think, it didn't it get bought up by Asda or something and then they made the mini Asda stores from it? You've got a lot of miscellaneous information really in that do. head of I've yours. I've got a vague memory from this little town on the outskirts of Newcastle that I lived in, and there was a Netto, and one day it got turned into an Asda or something. Well, I think this could be your specialist subject, a mastermind, Ellie. You could splice three yeah. specialist subjects into one. You could, you could, your specialist subject could be the names given to small eagles. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how many other questions there'd be there. And why, why I don't want to get married. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm quite happy to get married. I just, just don't not want to me. <laughs> I just can't be called. I cannot be called Ellie Eagle. I mean, yeah. he did propose. I did. So... Did you get down on one knee? Uh, he sat next to me. <laughs> it was difficult to get down on one yeah. knee because it was, it was Christmas you time. You were on the bus. Yeah, 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 exactly. So the reason I didn't get down on one knee is because it was the last present. The ring was the last present on the list. So there was wrapping paper and all sorts of stuff on the floor. So it would have been difficult to have got down on one knee. To have done it would have given it away straight oh, away. not that I mean, you'd already given it away by going, you've got one present, but I hope it's a good one. And we're on the train going at some Hartlepool and he was like, oh, you'll be coming back a changed woman. He doesn't like my impression of him, but I right. think it's very good. The, the problem... 
I thought that was actually him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The problem was, Boothby, I'm quite be sure that I actually did propose. It wasn't just yes. Ellie. It wasn't just Ellie doing it in my voice. It's and I've been tricked. I had quite a lot of <laughs> Christmas drink, you see. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's happened. But the reason for that, for kind of dropping a few hints, was because I suddenly became quite aware of the fact that I'd brought her to Hartlepool for Christmas, because I'm not a spoiler woman. Yeah. In, in, literally, but... Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've left you that one. <laughs> you've, you've seen me after a gig. Um, <laughs> I suddenly thought I've brought a Hartley Pole in front of all of my family for Christmas. She doesn't drive, so she's got no way of getting back. There's no public transport because it's no Christmas Day. So I just thought I could ask her to marry me, and then she's going to be almost forced into a situation saying, Yeah, so I thought this was a really nice thing at first. And I told Ellie and my friend Emily that I was going to go do this, and we'd been out ring shopping together. And we thought she was really excited, Emily was, and I thought this is going to be a great thing. And then I suddenly thought this could be horrible because <laughs> this is putting Ellie on the spot. So I thought if I drop her a few hints so she doesn't fully maybe know what's coming, but she could go, if you're going to propose to me, maybe wait or, you know, I don't know what how she would have done it, but I just felt I had to. What actually happened was she'd obviously worked out what had gone uh, happened. She like then six days before. She then prepped my brother and said, oh, you might want to get a video of this because I think he's about to propose to me. <laughs> Goodness, that's so lovely, isn't it? But you actually, you, you literally made her an offer. Yeah. She could refuse, yeah. but if she did, she was stuck with her decision. Yeah, in I was like, your well, house. Yeah. Let's just say there's no Christmas dinner if you don't, and yeah. you will be, and you won't be able to get home, so you'll just be. Well, yes, you'll be on your own on the streets of Hartlepool. I was, I was just thinking then that's the other possibly bad thing about it. The gigs that I do now, in the old days, I was allowed to smoke on stage, and then they decided that I wasn't. And now I am again. I can make a cup of tea. Yeah. You know, it, it, it gives you an option to do things live that you wouldn't normally do in front of an audience. Yes, I mean, the gigs, I'm sure, are all the more better for it, the fact that you're just making a cup of tea while you're doing your stand-up. It's well, actually, no, no, I just bugger off and make a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, I've got one of those, you know, those birds that, that you have on your desk and they sort of bend forward. Is this, are you back to your rider again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a funny man. <laughs> uh, is that that sincerity setting gone on again? Yeah, yeah, I think you forgot to put it on that time. Hang on, I think it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with um, lots of live things being cancelled means that David is actually best newcomer for essentially two years in a row. Yeah. Because nobody else is getting to steal his <laughs> no, crown. Yes. So for the he's like hilarious. he's he's changed the rules by yeah, just deciding. Cloud. I might put in best newcomer 2019 and 2020. Um, <laughs> I might say that it was because they realised they couldn't get anyone else, and there was nobody better that year. I'm sure at that point people have forgotten about about COVID. So best newcomer, best newcomer. two I mean, years running, and that s- in itself is an achievement. <laughs> I mean, the slight problem, Boothby, is the fact that I keep getting these new comedian things. It has to become almost where it becomes counterproductive to be crowned a new comedian I'm getting off I'm getting told I'm, I'm in the running for best newcomer when I haven't even applied for stuff for instance yeah, I got that thing on Chortle where they said uh, oh you're one of the five comedians to be uh, under the best newcomer category for 2020 uh, I've won the competitions in 2018 and 2019 <laughs> now I didn't even ask to be that. at some point you've got to stop being yeah. new exactly. take it now I can see you like George Burns at 99 years old still <laughs> yeah. receiving your best newcomer award now, 
to be a point as well where I, I'm going to have to take that off the website because you can't... If I was still doing this in 2027, for instance, or, or longer, I can't still have Best Newcomer 2019 because, I mean, that's just ridiculous. It's like those restaurants that you go to and oh, it says, like, wait. Best Fish and Chips 1995. Yeah. And you... <laughs> Provided they're still serving those particular fish and chips. Yeah. yeah. And if they were, I wouldn't imagine it'd be very nice. Well, I don't know. They were lovely in 1995, these, but... Uh... Bit, bit chewy now. Yeah. <laughs> You just have to win something else, David, to get funny. I have to get a proper award. What about your BBC um, folk act of... Oh, that's folk music. <laughs> you know, it's not the same. Yes, I, I'm looking forward to attempting an online thing. I think what is the slight problem for me is because there won't be any audience, and I find with these podcasts is I'm talking about things that I wouldn't talk about on stage. I think to be the best, you've kind of got to experiment and maybe to do stuff that's potentially really unfunny that you've never done before. But, of course, when you're actually in front of an audience... You just think, I know this stuff works, I'll do that. Therefore, that that's kind of an odd thing, because now when I'm doing these podcasts, because there's no audience there, I'm just saying anything. It, it'd be interesting to see whether this changes my stand-up, because it might be like, oh, I did that really funny podcast about, and then I'll go live and do it, thinking this is going to bring the house down. And everyone looks at me as if, like, what the bloody hell has he just done? Maybe at that point I'll go, maybe there's a problem with the buffering, and I'll just wait a bit. Then I realise it's not a buffer, it's not an online gig, it's a live gig. And then I'll just go, right, do you know I'm blind? And I'll just do some jokes about being blind again. Nobody told me it wasn't an online gig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, there's a joke, there you go, I've got a joke. Are we still online? Uh, <laughs> There was another blind comedian who did like the open mic scene, and I say comedian very loosely, but all of his jokes are like, "Oh, I didn't see." That was essentially a joke. Like <laughs> something happened because I'm blind, or something like that. All of his jokes ended with because I couldn't see him, or because I was blind. Yeah, but um, it's got to be tempting, hasn't it, just to do that? The trouble is, I was on after him, and so that was really awkward because uh, you know I'm quite inexperienced at doing stand up at this point. I'm doing the open mic scene, and a blind comedian has essentially just gone on, absolutely done terrible with the audience, and I had to follow that. Fortunately, at least, at least you could walk on and say, I, I, I don't know what the last guy was like because I, I didn't see him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been brilliant. Just doing a complete continuation. <laughs> Just do all of his jokes. Again, yes. Yeah. There's, there's, there's quite a few blind comics, but only one act. Knock, knock, who's there? I um, don't know. I'm blind. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, yeah. That's just me. No, no. Who's there? Why don't you look out the window? I can't. I'm blind. Yeah. But, um, thank you. Uh, why did the chicken cross the road? I didn't even know it had crossed the road. I can't see. I'm blind. Thank you. I, really I shouldn't be driving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, don't. No, I can't. <laughs> I was trying oh, to... This is all you're going to do on Friday, isn't it? You're just yeah. going to do shit blind jokes. Exactly. The, tra the travesty <laughs> would be, though, but if I did, and everyone absolutely loved it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Chris McCausland, you know, the other blind comedian, has just started making waves and it's just, he'd be bumped off and it'll be me. Do oh. the blind chicken joke again, David. <laughs> I love that, that idea that there's only room there's for only one. There's only room for one. Well, every comic. time he's on telly, so he's on Cat's Does Countdown, and my sister texted me, she's like, are you watching Cat's Does Countdown? I like, no, why? There's a blind comedian and he's taken David's spot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that spot. he's been in stand-up a lot longer than me. And, yeah. uh... But maybe they should make you fight. Yes. <laughs> but you'd just keep missing because you can't see. No, you can't that see. Was... That would be the joke again. Yeah, I'd watch that. Blind I mean, the, wrestling. The big punchline is we'd miss each other and that would be the yeah. joke that me and Chris had agreed on. But yeah. then, little does he know, I've just come in right at the end with a massive punch and smack <laughs> him in the face. <laughs> 
flying roundhouse Didn't see that coming, did you? I didn't see that, exactly. You said you did that. Do you think you're going to be able to sell this to see here on Radio 4? <laughs> see here? In touch. Yeah. Oh, in touch, is it? I've been on in touch, Boothby. Yeah, I, was on yeah, I know, of... but your court case comes up on Thursday, but we're talking yeah. about the radio show. It was an interesting situation. They actually did want, I now know, they did ask Chris McCausland, but he was too busy. <laughs> And that's not, a, that's not a joke, because we've had at least one of those in a podcast, so I can't do any more now. Because um, yeah. I said, I might not be able to do it, because I was doing something else. And I said, why don't you try Chris McCallston? He's doing like, oh, no, we've tried that. And there was some bloke who was doing like the open mic scene as well we tried, but he, he can't do it, so we've, we've called on you. <laughs> we've gone down the list. Choice. Yeah, exactly. The odd thing about it as well is that was at the time of the Chortle nomination for Best Newcomer, 2020. Best newcomer. Uh, yeah. But the weird thing was, they announced that I'd won it. Well, just, they just presumed. They just yeah. went, and now we introduced the winner of the Best Newcomer. And, and part of me thought, maybe I actually will have to win now because it's being announced on the BBC. Yes. Oh, yes, shit, so maybe, because Steve Bennett from Chortle, who sort of runs Chortle, does the uh, judging on BBC New Comedy. So he oh, might have Rang, away then, it was a giveaway. He might have rang the BBC and he might have said, look, we've had this rather embarrassing thing, we've just heard you say this, could you fix it so David wins? And I end up winning. But alas, it didn't happen. It's, what? You didn't win? Well, this must be the first newcomer competition you've lost in 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Since <laughs> <laughs> you started. Yeah. Oh, God. They're going to take you outside and shoot you. I mean, the weird thing as well, Boothby, actually, is that there was certain situations where you've asked me to do a gig. For instance, I was meant to be doing the leak gig with you, which is for yeah. people with incontinence. And I agreed to do the leak one. The leak one was going to be interesting because that's in Staffordshire. And I was doing a school in Luton in the afternoon. I would have to have gone from Luton to Milton, to Milton Keynes. Or if I couldn't get a lift to Milton Keynes, it would have been Luton to London, take a series of so I was going completely in the opposite direction, take a series of tube trains to get me to the train station that I needed to, get me up to Stoke and then taxi it to Leek. It was worth it to do a gig for you, but it would be, oh. it was going to be hair-raising. And the weird thing is I've gone from that, from like having all of those weird <laughs> engagements where I'm like running around the country with my accordion and like getting to gigs just in time and like rocking up and, and doing and a gig. leaving after 15 minutes. And then leaving after 15 minutes because I'm going to miss the, the because of the, the train. Like most of my life, as you say, it was, it was not doing the gig, it was like travelling around and all of that and I've gone from that to just sat at home talking to myself in my bedroom because <laughs> I was going to wonder have you missed the adrenaline then because I feel like a lot of comedians I've spoken to have said like they've got yeah I don't know I mean I find that there's all that sort of adrenaline that goes on you build up all of the day to the gig you do the gig there's all the adrenaline it takes ages to go to sleep whereas now there's nothing really there's no nothing to live for is there David there's no adrenaline <laughs> Are you missing the adrenaline, Boothby? I, I am not, no, really. No, but you... It's uh, nerves, isn't it? Nerves. Yeah. yeah. Not being nervous has made me feel a little bit less nervous. I was surprised at how nervous <laughs> you got, which, if you don't mind me saying, because well, no, when sure. I see you, I, I immediately think, uh, you're, you know, you're confident, you know what you're doing, everything Professional. works. But then, having said that, when before you go on, you seem more nervous Bag than nerves, I do. Yeah. Yeah, bag of nerves. Yeah. Billy Connolly talks about, about the fact that he's an absolute bag of nerves. He almost feels like he's going to be physically sick until he gets to the point where he's at the microphone, he opens his mouth, and then off he goes and he feels fine. Do you yeah, feel I'm fine not, as soon as you get to the microphone? 
I was just saying, I'm, I'm very like that. I'm very nervous before I get on there, but as soon as I open my mouth, then I sort of hit a new level of nerves. All right, okay. <laughs> I have to I have to stand in certain positions to stop myself shaking. Quite disabling, really. You don't need to get a tremolo for your guitar, and it makes no, for a lovely it, vibrato yeah, effect yeah, on the harmonica. <laughs> don't yeah. don't give your set away, move me. One question I like to ask musicians and comedians oh, is yeah. for one of your either worst or most surreal gig experience. And I imagine you've got something in thirty five years of doing this. Where you just thought, why have they booked me here? Why am I in this cattle shed doing this gig? Whatever it may be. There is one that springs to mind, which is very early on, which is in a place called Poets Corner, which is a pub on a housing estate in Nottingham, and it's um, very difficult to get to it's a huge housing estate and the pub is right in the middle and then you have to park the car and it's a 150 yard walk to the pub and there's no road so you have to walk pathways I had my own PA then because you know you didn't walk in and there speakers you had to take your own speakers and amp and everything so I've got to lump a PA up to this pub two or three journeys from the car set everything up it was quite a sizable crowd and the gig was going alright the first 45 minutes was alright and there was a break the second 45 minutes after about 10-15 minutes it was going alright and I noticed the guy in the corner this is God's honest truth what happened I noticed the guy in the corner a couple of guys and they've got um, like boxes in front of them like old fashioned street vendor type boxes you know hanging off the light full of vegetables <laughs> and, and and then as I'm working this guy sort of moves into the front of the stage and he is you know, he's carrots get carrots yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just carrots carrots and his mate comes from the other side and starts to say carrots come. and people are they're selling people vegetables and wow. um <laughs> and i said to them, i said sorry mate what are you doing and he says uh selling what is it the line they're selling vegetables isn't it? No. <laughs> I, said, I said but on, you can't you're doing it now and he went oh we always sell vegetables no, a, a quarter to ten on the Thursday, <laughs> and I said, "Well, I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to work here." And he went, "So, so am I." <laughs> <laughs> so I said, um, well, "Well, do you mind just waiting like another twenty minutes?" And he went, "Do you mind just waiting another twenty minutes?" So I thought, "Ah, oh, sod it." I said, "How much are your carrots and your cabbages?" And the cabbages are twenty-five pence. So I grabbed the cabbage. I said, "He'll give me five pence for this," <laughs> and then, and then it all. <laughs> It is make it almost came to blows, but it was um, I had to fight for stage time uh, with 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 a bloke selling vegetables. <laughs> what were the audience like during this? Like, did they, he, they, were, they were clamouring for? They had some. He had some Jerusalem artichokes that they hadn't seen in years. You know, so obviously it's a big moment. Yeah, yeah. We got some of them delivered today. You mean you could have teamed up together and done some stuff? So you could like, right, you're holding up the letters. I'm going to do a Rocket Man, and then you'd be like, oh, I'll do I'll do a bit of Jerusalem for the artichokes. You could have really. This could have been a great double act. Where were you with all this class material? Yeah, thirty uh, years ago. That's the thing. You see, yeah. tells how comedy has evolved. Yeah, in those days, you know, nobody, oh. nobody wanted improvisation. <laughs> as soon as the vegetables come out. Please hold the line. Oh, no. He sounded like, did you hear that? He sounded like he dropped the phone. Yeah. Hello, baby. Please hold no, the line. This is, his, this is his wife. Maybe this is what he, Oh, it's ringing again. My goodness, he's, he's connecting us to Rich Hall. Hello, Rich. Hello, baby. That was very odd. Did you drop I the turned, phone? I turned, I turned you off with my ear. Ah, I thought the nerves had finally kicked in. You were shaking again. When, when I did that joke about the rocket man, you thought, I forgot how good he was. I'm, I'm going to step it up now. Step it up. 
There is that. That is true, yeah. though. I mean, I, I, don't, I mean, it is true what I told you. It is true. The story I tell is absolutely true that I watched the acts on before me for two minutes at the top and two minutes at the end of the set. So when they walk off, I could say, mm-hmm. well done. So it looks like I've watched them just to be polite. But with you, I actually went for the first two minutes and I had to stay Aww. because you were that bloody good. Aww. You were that bloody good, man. I'd recommend frozen grapes, Boozby. Oh, this is his new thing. <laughs> That's something I've discovered. Are you frozen, a, a, grapes. frozen grapes, absolutely wonderful. I have them of all sorts of stuff, but yeah, he won't let me do that anymore. Muesli with some yogurt and some oat milk or something, and then some frozen grapes, and it's absolutely delightful. It's like an ice cream grape mix. It is absolutely delightful. It's really You're creamy. Frozen grapes. Yeah. We can find Boothy Graffo by typing in Boothy Graffo <laughs> into the internet. And uh, yeah, yeah, go to YouTube and go to my channel. Yeah. And you'll see the, the, the thing I'm trying to sell. <laughs> Excellent. That sounds wonderful. Live from the King's Head without me. That's what it's yeah. called. Without, without David Eagle. Yeah, that's what it's called. Without David Eagle. <laughs> without. Does not contain David Eagle. Yeah, parental advice. I'd love that if you did that on one of your videos. Your things. I'm, go- I'm going to. That's going to be on my next, my neck, not this one, the next album. It's going yeah. to be on it. It's Warning, a- the following album does not does contain not David contain Eagle. David Eagle. It's quite funny because the basis of our relationship was that he was going to be away for most of the time. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and I've been living it, and we don't live together at the moment, but I've, we been, do at, now. I've been at his house since the start of the lockdown and so we don't hate each other. So that's a good, that's good thing a, to know. It's like a Homer line, is it? When, when, you know, when I said I wanted to spend the rest of my life with you, I didn't realise we'd have to live together. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I might actually play a clip from one of, well, from me doing a support for you. In the middle of me doing some stand-up, I accidentally stood on your oh, so loop funny. pedal. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. The song just suddenly starts playing, and it took me a good few seconds to work out what the heck had gone on. Uh, was that one of the Bristol ones? Yeah. Yes, I yeah. think it was, yeah. Which yeah, is actually, Bristol one, yeah. Which is actually quite useful, because you asked me to do two lots of 20 minutes, so I thought, I don't know if I have 40 minutes of material, being quite new to stand up so actually standing on your loop pedal gave me a good five minutes of well you did do two different sets I did yeah, but I wouldn't have to. if I hadn't got for the, the loop pedal situation happening then I wouldn't have been able to do that I mean what I could have done was recorded in my first set stood on the loop pedal the first set just starts looping from the previous uh, time and just say oh I'm sorry I can't everyone I can't get this to stop I'm gonna go the off and make a cup of tea of the chemical brothers yeah yes the comical brothers Oh, oh, the magic's back, Boothby. Uh, We're back. It's like being back in Coalfield. Sutton Coalfield. The magic of Sutton Coalfield. Yeah, we'll have to hopefully reconvene when all this madness subsides. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. And do this. Ah, oh, take care, my friend. Right. Bye. Lots of love, Bye. Right, thank goodness he's gone early. We can have some frozen grapes now. <laughs> Excellent. It could be my new catchphrase. Who was it who did, uh, was it Frank Carson who did, Oh, I could crush a grape, or was it Stu, what was he called, who did that? Oh, I could crush a grape. Do you know? Give it a look. The listeners don't know. He also, isn't the one who did That's the Cracker as well? Oh, All of his uh, catchphrases Jimmy were... Cricket. Yeah, it might have been, Jimmy oh, Cricket. I could crush a grape, might have been Jimmy Cricket as well. Maybe he just did all food-related catchphrases. Because cracker. Well, anyway, my catchphrase could be, oh, I could freeze a grape. And people love that. Francis on cracker. Stu Francis. 
Yes. And Cracker Jack. That's cracker why I Jack. got the cracker thing from. There we go. I'm going to go and have some frozen... Are you all right? Yes, we're just having to lie down. Oh, you need one after that, after Boothby. <laughs> I often find that is the case, but uh, that's in lieu of payment. But here is that clip of me doing some stand-up before Boothby starts his show at Bristol and halfway through one of the routines, standing on the loop pedal and my friends... I was going to say hilarity, but... Mild humour ensued. I'm going to call this. I'm I'm bracing myself. So this is our musical interlude now. (laughs) Just hang on. I know what I've done. I've stood on his loop pedal.